this is Blaze Allison Kearsley, creator, producer, and host of the How I Learn series, back with another podcast episode. And this time we have Eric Noah Feldman. He told a story for us at How I Learn Little Things Are Big. And Eric is a writer and a storyteller. You can read his essays online at McSweeney's and elsewhere. And you can follow him on Twitter at Eric Noah. So here's the story he told at how I learn little things are big. Enjoy. Uh, I got a call from my brother last Christmas, and he said, Dad's depressed. This is not new information. This is something that's gone on for a very long time. I'm used to this. The new information that is that he was the one telling me it. Usually, I'm the first to know these things, and uh, my dad and I have a pretty good rapport, and I, I'm usually kind of on the inside track and I'm able to stay ahead of them and help out in any way I can. And I think we always had that relationship because he helped me so much when I was young and I was going through depression. So my brother says, this is what I'm doing to help. And he starts listing all the things that he's doing. He's like, I'm, I'm coming home more. I'm changing my schedule. I'm doing uh, you know, the holidays differently and I'm changing my flights back out and I'm doing all these things with money. And, I'm, and I haven't done anything because I just found out about it again. And I, he just kind of keeps going, and I drift off, and I'm thinking, what the hell am I supposed to be doing? You know, if I, I feel a little bit cut out of the loop, I feel like maybe I don't know my dad as well as I thought I did if I'm not the one hearing about this, and I kind of drift off on the call. And I think back to a time in, in eighth grade when, when, uh, when I was really, when I had it bad, and I couldn't get up for a day or so. And my parents like, he's just down, you know, let him get through it, it'll be fine. Then one day turned into two, Tuesday, two turned into three, and then three was a week. And as we started to hit two weeks of me not being able to get up and go to work or school, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck your job! <laughs> they, got, they got it in my head now. So I was falling behind and grades were suffering and it was bad and uh, my dad is like, I gotta do something to help this kid, and he, he feels responsible. He feels responsible. He thinks it's his fault that this is happening to me because it happened to him, and that's how it works. So he came into my room, which is a no-no when you're 13 or 14. <laughs> he sat on the edge of my bed, which is a double no-no, <laughs> and he started reading me aphoristic poetry. <laughs> Even eagles need a push. To fly, one must fall. <laughs> to soar, one must risk all. This went on for a few hours. And he said, do you understand? Do you understand what I'm telling you? And I said, whatever, just get out. He said, no, Eric, you need to understand. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And I said, sure, fine. He's like, okay, are you ready? I, for what? Get the fuck up. <laughs> Excuse me? Get the fuck up and get in the goddamn shower. So I stopped being a moody teenager and became the dutiful child that I really was, marched my ass into the shower, not knowing what the hell was going on. And I get out and I get dressed. He says, get in the goddamn car. So I'm sitting in the front seat, clutching my L.L. Bean backpack with my initials on it. Thank you. And he gets in the front seat. Without a word, we drive to school. And I had already missed much of the morning. This was probably about 10 or so. So I missed three or four classes. And we go up into the, the bus circle. I don't know if you guys had this. I lived out on Long Island. There's a lot of space out there. 
We're not doing much with it, so we make circles for buses. So the, the buses all circle up after and before school, and they drop you off. And my dad pulled up around front, and he sits there in the car, and he waits for me to get ready. And he says, all right, get out there. So I open up the door. I walk. I go in. And I go to my locker. I switch out some books. I grab some other books. And one of my friends walks up to me and says, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. And I freak out. I scream, I can't do this. Slam my locker shut. I run away. That's how I ran. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't live that far. I figured, fuck it, I'm just going to take off. I'm out of here. And I get out front, and I walk out the front door, and my dad is still sitting there in the car. And I walk up, and I get in, and I close the door, and he starts to drive. He's quiet the whole way home. Neither of us say a thing until we pull in the driveway. He looks at me and says, we'll try again tomorrow. I can't yell at my dad. I'm not comfortable saying, get up, go to fucking work. I can't do that. I can't do those big gestures and overtures and drag him places. I don't think that that's something I'm capable of. So I try and find other things that I can do. Little things. So I go home more, because they are so close by. I get out there every couple of weekends, and I hang out and clean up the kitchen or something. My mom's sick of doing it. Just answer more phone calls from my mom, because my dad's not answering them for her. And um, they start to add up. And I think, maybe this is helping, but I want to know. I want to know. So I ask. I say, Dad, is there anything that I'm doing that helps? And he said, nothing helps. And I said, is there anything I can do? He's like, well, I appreciate everything. So that's what I get. I get to appreciate. I don't get to help necessarily. And I asked my mom to get a second opinion. Mom, is there anything you think, you see him every day, is there anything I'm doing that you think actually helps? And she said, you've always taken it so hard. You've always taken this very hard. I remember, she tells me, I remember when you were a little kid, you were about five years old, and we had a birthday party to go to for you. And we gathered you up, and this was one of the first times that your father was you know, down, he couldn't get up and get going, and you were sitting on the bed with him, and you're watching TV, and I said, it's time to go to the birthday party. And I said, I can't. I can't leave him. He seems so sad. And I heard this and I was like, fuck, man. This, I, this explains like, the way that I feel this whole time. I didn't remember this. Maybe, maybe I didn't remember more of these things. Maybe there was a lot of shit that happened when I was a kid with this that added up. And there's even more pressure now for me to feel like I got to do something. And if nothing actually helps, but he appreciates it, I figure I'll just keep doing little things. I'll keep going home and cleaning up. I'll keep listening to his friggin' poetry if he wants to read it. Oh. I'm gonna maybe come up with some of my own. I'm not much of an eagle. <laughs> I'm more of a more of a grizzly bear kind of guy. <laughs> Even grizzly, grizzlies need life rafts or something. <laughs> it's a working title. <laughs> We're getting there. At any rate, I'm hoping that. Uh, by the time Christmas rolls around next year and the holidays come up and I get a call from my brother and I say, you hear anything? And he just says, no, everything's great. That's what I hope anyway. Thanks. Thanks. 
That's it for this podcast episode from the How I Learn series. I hope you enjoyed that story from Eric Feldman. Check out howilearnseries.com for information about the live shows. You can also find links to the podcast there. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff that you're supposed to be on these days. Um, The How I Learn series podcast is edited and produced by Ben Fausch. And the rest of the stuff is by me, except for the stories. Those are by our featured guests, of course. And um, the music you're hearing is Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix. And that's it. See you next time. Thanks.